Hey friends, welcome to episode 108 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift, and I want to warmly welcome you to the show today. Welcome, welcome. I'm so thankful that you're listening in, and I want to ask you a question. Have you ever felt out of place, maybe a little lost after moving to a new town, a new state, or even a new country? Well, my guest today is Mabel Ninen, and after moving to America from India as a newlywed, Mabel struggled with identity and purpose. Then something exciting and unexpected happened because God met her there and he revealed to her that she was not only an earthly immigrant, but a spiritual one too. And really what she was feeling was more natural than she thought. And on today's show, we're talking about how we are living as citizens of heaven while we're also foreigners here on earth. And Mabel will share her story, her struggles, and her sacred journey of spiritual discovery and how she regained new hope and purpose and renewed joy in this discovery. And she just is compelled to share it. And we're talking about her book, Far From Home, Discovering Your Identity as Foreigners on Earth. And we gain a new perspective when we remember that this is not our home. And while we're here, God has a purpose for each of our lives. And I know what Mabel has to share is going to encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Mabel Ninen. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. I am excited to welcome my friend today, Mabel Ninen. She's a wife, a mom, an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and she is a video podcaster, and her show is Immigrant Faith Stories. And she was born and raised in India, and she moved to America as a newlywed in 2008. And as an immigrant in a new land, she experienced some surprising connections between her immigrant journey and her spiritual journey, which we're going to talk about. It's very fascinating. God just really did a work in her as to what it truly means to be a a sojourner on earth and a citizen in heaven, like followers of Christ are. And um, she's currently pursuing a master's in theological studies, which is awesome, from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And she lives in Silicon Valley, California, with her husband, son, and Maltese pup. And we're also going to be talking about The book that she wrote, which is Far From Home, Discovering Your Identity as Foreigners on Earth. That is awesome. Welcome to the show, Mabel. It's so great to have you. Thank you for having me, Doris. This is an honor and privilege. And I also want to say congratulations. I was at Spark Media Conference when you won the award. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I am just sorry that we didn't meet in person then. And our friend in common, the wonderful Stephanie Roussel, who has the Gospel Spice podcast, which if you don't listen to Gospel Spice, you need to check that out. It's amazing. And she introduced us afterward. And I'm just so blessed that she did because God is just up to something. I love how he puts people together. And thank you so much uh, for that. That's It was really humbling and such an honor. 
um, to receive that award at at the podcast conference. So anyway, I know too that you are also an award-winning writer and you have so many things that God has put on your heart to share. So I would love if you would tell us a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect, Mabel. Sure. Um, You know, I was born and raised in India and I had a pretty normal upbringing. I was raised in a very conservative Christian home. And so I went to church every Sunday and we studied the Bible. And, you know, I see it as a privilege that I was introduced to Christ at such a young age. Um, And so I was just going about life doing normal things. Uh, In my late 20s, I think I kind of recommitted my life to God. And I was, you know, I felt like I was on fire for him and just involved in a lot of youth ministry. And writing was always something I did on the side. And that was one of the ways I expressed myself. Uh, But it was always there. It was always part of my life. Um, But when I met my husband and got married, and uh, he told me we have to move to the US uh, because of his work, Then I was excited and, you know, I didn't realize that this was going to be a huge transition um, because usually, at least in India, when someone from India is going to the U.S., we celebrate, we send them off with a lot of, you know, blessings and good wishes. And so many of my friends and relatives had, uh, you know, migrated or emigrated before I did. Um, But this is the thing, no one tells you that it is a huge change Mm -hmm. and that you have to, on some level, prepare for it, or at least be aware that this change is going to hit you hard. It's like, I feel like, um, even with parenting, when we come to know we are pregnant, I think we we know that physically we are going to change a lot. Mm -hmm. We are aware of that and we prepare for that. But sometimes... I think many of us are not ready for how it just changes your life emotionally, socially. And because um, it is such a huge change, it tests your faith too. It tests your relationship with God. And I feel like that's the same thing with um, relocating to another country, moving for for whatever reason. Um, For me, it kind of took away all the markers of my identity, you know, because my identity was tied to, Um, where I was born and raised, my family, my cultural roots, um, community, my role in the church, um, my professional social contacts. And so I felt like, you know, people usually say I came to the US with like $100 in my pocket or something. But I felt I came to the US with only two relationships, Mm. right? One, my my new husband (laughs) and uh, second my and my relationship with God that's it I had uh, nothing else here and everything else had to be built up from scratch Mm -hmm. and so that had an impact on me Um, and and not just that we moved from one country to another but even while we were here in the U.S. we moved around a lot so it never really gave me a chance to settle down and put down roots. For instance, we landed in um, a suburb of Los Angeles called Redondo Beach. We were there for a year. And then we were in New Jersey, in Jersey City for six months. And then close to a year in another place called Morristown in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And then in Little Rock, Arkansas, 
And, um, and then I went back to India to have my son that was about a year long. And then we come back to Southern California. Um, and now I'm in Northern California. So <laughs> while all this was going on, I had also become a mother. And that was when, you know, I had reached a crisis point um, because I was trying to, you know, find a purpose to just find belonging. I was looking for rootedness in just so many different places. I thought maybe I can make new friends, you know, maybe I can uh, just keep myself busy. So I, you know, volunteered like three, four days a week. Um, And I did all these things to kind of try and fill that gap. But I knew that I was getting restless within. Um, And I joined a Bible study when I, when I hit that desperate point because I wanted to study the Bible in community. I wanted that accountability on my own. I was struggling Mm. Um, and uh, just studying about Jesus. Again, it's not like I didn't know the Bible, but sometimes, you know, when you need it the most, Mm -hmm. when you're so thirsty and hungry and desperate, everything comes alive. Like you're reading it for the first time. Um, And I just started digging deeper into even the lives of, um, some of the biblical heroes who I could relate to. For instance, Abraham also had to leave everything when God called him and he moved. You know, Genesis says he he was wealthy. He And when God asked him to move, he just left everything behind and he, he brought all his, um, you know, cattle and, and his wife and, and he moved to another country. He didn't even know where he was going. Mm-hmm. Moses was also in a foreign land. And, and Joseph, of course, became a leader of a country that he, you know, was a stranger uh, in until he, until I think he was a 20 year old or a young person, right? That's when he moved to Egypt. Um, Daniel and his four friends also, you know, thrived in, in Babylon, a country that was foreign to them. And so I just started looking at all these characters from that angle and wanted to learn from them, you know, what did they do? Mm that I can do to also be like them, to be that light wherever they went, you know, what drove them, what motivated them to have that faith. Um, And Hebrews 11, the faith chapter mentioned some of these characters. How could they walk by faith um, even when all their markers of their identities were stripped away and sometimes all they had was a relationship with God, that's it. I mean, even David, when he was just a fugitive and running, he had God and nothing else. And I felt like that. So, um, and it was during that study that God um, revealed to me that, you know, you are an immigrant. The Bible tells you that. First uh, Peter 1.17 says, live out your time here in reverent fear as aliens and strangers. Um And Paul says, Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven. And so just realizing these truths um, and living them out brought back that joy and that passion that was missing. You know, I realized I'm a foreigner on earth. Why am I looking so desperately to belong somewhere for that stability and permanence in an earthly home or in an earthly country or even in earthly relationships when the only home that is long lasting is our home with God, whether it is here on earth or the home that we're going to in heaven. And so 
I was able to, you know, uh, take all the lessons I learned and then, you know, put it into a book. And that is a journey in itself. How that happened is just, um, you know, one miracle story after another. It's got layers of (laughs) miracle (laughs) stories uh, that I can share some other time. But so I wanted to share that message with others because there's so many of us who are struggling to cope with changes with uncertainty Mm. or we feel like we're just going through the motions of life but we've known Jesus for a long time and we know that there is more but we just can't we don't know what that is and I used to wonder like why am I not so passionate like I used to be about Jesus and so I wrote um, this book Far From Home Discovering Our Identity as Foreigners on Earth to shed light on how we can live with purpose, how we can live with joy and passion when we see ourselves as citizens of heaven on earth. So that, in short, is the intersection, you know, of my (laughs) passion, compassion, and and conviction. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. And I just, I love so much how you went through all of that and that all the you know, analogies, and then how you were seeing the things you were experiencing once you got into the word even deeper and words that you've read before, but like you said, they came alive to you and how God was showing you, look, this is how this person dealt with it. And I put it in my words so you could see what it was all about and, and how you gleaned from, oh, well, how did they handled this, you know, how did they go through this and picking up those amazing wise pieces of scripture that put all together in a beautiful, in a beautiful picture, really, and mm-hmm. that you could put into a book to share that with others. Cause I imagine there are so many that can resonate with what you were saying regarding moving from a place they know so well, and we're so rooted in And we're such a part of a community and having to move because it happens if someone moves to another country, moves to another state, uh, if if they're a military family or even someone going off to college, you know, different changes like that can really impact someone's life and they could really find themselves kind of a fish out of water and struggling because the foundation needs to be really solidified in getting back to your first love. Like you were saying, you wanted the passion back and the joy back, and then you began to find that again. So I think that's beautiful. What did it look like, your faith walk, before you moved to America? How how was that when you were over in your home um, in India? (laughs) Um, Yeah, like I said, I grew up in a Christian home. And I remember, I think my mother, she was very young when Uh, She was about 21, I think, when I was born. And she was very much on fire for God. I can still remember her, you know, just being so involved in church and actually her entire family. So uh, all of her sisters and her brother, sometimes we would have what they call in India, all night prayers is like literally you pray all night. (laughs) Uh, We would join them in those and, and we had no option or she would invite pastors used to visit our homes a lot in India. Uh, And so she would open um, the doors to these pastors to visit. And when they would come visit, 
we had to drop whatever we are doing and just sit and listen if they're sharing something or praying for us. Um, and I also, you know, had the blessing of um, attending a church that was a, a smaller church. Now I see the blessing of that, a smaller church, but also a local church. Mm-hmm. And so we all lived, you know, nearby. We knew each other's siblings and families. And I attended the same church for until I was um, 25 or 26 Mm. from the time I was three, you know, all the way from Sunday school to doing youth ministry there. And so, and and we had, uh, I was blessed to have a very good spiritual foundation. Mm -hmm. It was very much rooted in God's word. And I took part in a lot of uh, Bible quizzes and that sort of a thing. Um, And and I think one difference is that (laughs) the Sunday schools, in India are very academic, you know, there's less play and more focus on biblical literacy, at least at that time, it may have changed now. And um, yes, it's not as if I never tested the boundaries of, uh, you know, my relationship with God. It's not that I never rebelled. When I left home, uh, I think to do my MBA, I went to another uh, city. And that's when I would say what we call in our Christian lingo, right? Backsliding. When you think you've got it all figured out and you don't need God anymore. And I'm just like busy trying to figure out my career and that became more important. And, um, and so I think I remember that part clearly was when I was starting to just uh, not spend so much time with God, but it was again, a, a heartbreak that brought me back to him. Um, And then I think I was by the time in my uh, mid 20s. And then I told God, you know, I'm a single woman now. I'm done with, you know, looking for a guy and guys and relationships, but you have my heart, you have it all. And I just want you to use me in whichever way possible, because I don't know when I'll marry and family responsibilities take over. And so till then, I was really passionately involved in youth ministry. I just knew Monday to Friday was work and Saturday and Sunday was just serve God in the church. And so I think even looking back now, even though my intentions were right, a lot of my identity was also tied around that, that I was doing important work. I was busy doing something productive Mm -hmm. uh, for God, I thought, Um, you know, and that's something also that I missed when I moved here. Yeah. It's such an important point that you brought up because oftentimes our identities can be wrapped up in the things that we do and we can be doing good things. You know, oftentimes people, you know, will think, oh, well, you have to walk away from some things because they're not good for you or they're not of God or whatever. But there are so many good things that are really kingdom building kind of work, but yet it becomes an idol in our life, right? Because we we focus on that more than our relationship with the Lord. So that was a really good, important point that you brought out because I know that a lot of people struggle with the do, 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 you know, and go, go, go. And we're called to go, but we're called to sit and be still first, you know, in time with him. So, so then what, what happened? You, so you got involved in the Bible study. You started learning all of these things that you had not seen maybe before and your eyes were open to it. So talk more about how we are foreigners here, because I think we forget that. And it's so important to remember. Yeah, um, I I feel like we are exiles in a way, and our 
you know, in our souls, because when we go back to the fall and when Adam and Eve were banished, literally they were sent out of their home Mm -hmm. and all of us kind of inherited that loss, if I can say that, that missing piece in us is this longing for home, which is to be with God, Mm -hmm. to dwell with God. Um, But I mean, we were created to live on earth. Uh, So how do we see ourselves as foreigners on earth? You know, one analogy that comes up is like when we travel somewhere, you know, we have an agenda. If I'm going to Hawaii for vacation, I pack differently. My itinerary is different Um, as opposed to if I'm going to, you know, I don't know, Spark Media Conference, I would, you know, prepare differently for it and have business attire and business folders and stuff in my bag. And so I think um, it's important that we see ourselves, see our lives here on earth as a journey um, with a purpose. Mm -hmm. And we don't even know how long this journey will be. Um, It's unpredictable. We don't know how long we'll be here, but we have a purpose here. Mm -hmm. And God calls us to be his ambassadors on earth, uh, to be salt and light to the earth and the great commission to tell people about him. So that's our purpose. And we each fulfill that in different ways. And so I think when we see ourselves as foreigners on earth, it sets us free from being trapped by the things of the world, by being distracted, because this is not our home. And, you know, uh, it's I mean, I'm saying this out of um, what can I say from from personal experience, because I have been there to be so seduced by worldly things that we forget that this is not what we are here for. I I don't go to Hawaii to build a house. I just go as a tourist and come out, you know. And and so um, to remember that we cannot get distracted by earthly things and earthly pleasures. And Paul says that in his letters so many times to fix our eyes on heavenly things or eternal things, on things unseen. And that is important. And I think one other characteristic of foreigners on earth is that they're always in this state of waiting. Mm. Philippians 3.20, when it says, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly wait for our savior, you know, Lord Jesus from there. Um, And even in 1 Corinthians, Paul uses this word, eagerly wait. I think it's in chapter one, verse seven. Um, Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gifts as you eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus Christ. So this eagerly waiting should be a part of our, you know, uh, our being. Heaven should always be on our minds. We know that Jesus is coming back or we are going to be with uh, him in heaven. And to keep that at the forefront of our mind really helps us uh, see that we are not natives here. We are not called to just settle down and put down roots here and to live like other people. And I think what also makes us um, feel foreign, actually, is that the closer you get to God Mm -hmm. and the more you fall in love with him, the more you want to um, live like the Bible teaches you to, you automatically start feeling foreign, like you don't belong here because the worldly culture, secular culture is just so different Mm -hmm. from the culture of God's kingdom. So I think all that contributes to you feeling foreign and I must add here that 
we don't do that in a hostile way or, you know, to say that we are better, we are different, we are higher in any way, but we are called to engage with culture lovingly so that they see we are different. And that's an important part. If you don't stand out as a foreigner, they would never take notice of you and and take notice of um, the God that you are saying you worship. Yeah, that is so good. And I know that is encouraging someone out there, many out there who are listening, because we can often feel out of place. You know, when we are following Jesus and we are really doing the kingdom work that God's called us to do, it can feel foreign and it can really bring to light that, yeah, the world is upside down. You know, the world is not going to ever seem right to us because even, you know, the, the Lord told us these things, you know, in that we would see that we are foreigners and we are aliens in this place. And I love how you said that about Hawaii. Like you're not going to Hawaii to build a house. You're going there to visit. And so I I love that. It's just something that we can really relate to. And it helps us to see that as we walk in our faith in Jesus Christ and share his love, that more also will realize who they really are because people are walking around. They don't know who they really were created to be because they have not seen the light yet. And so, like you said, we're salt and light to the world. And, and so it's, it's an important mission that we've been really entrusted with, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that so much. And so when you started writing this book, how did that process begin? Did you know that you wanted to write a book or did God put it on your heart or did someone say you need to write a book? How did he do that in your life? I actually wanted to start a blog um, and I wanted to kind of, you know, um, have a record of how God has been good to me and what he's been teaching me, how my faith uh, grew and matured as a result of my um, immigration journey. And I wanted my son to be able to read all that. And so I thought I'll do a blog and um it will be different because I'll write it as if I'm writing letters to my son, you know, tell him about, okay, this happened uh, and this is how God showed up. But when I wanted to go to a writer's conference, my first writer's conference, they said, oh, have your manuscript ready, you know. And that at that point, um, it occurred to me that I have enough points to kind of turn it, at least give them an outline mm-hmm. <laughs> of a book. Um, and so I, I did take that 10 pages. I think I wrote a chapter, which actually it's, it's funny that it is not even in this book, because in that I talk about how parenting an immigrant child and how different that is, but how we, you know, we're all called to the same Christian mandate to train up our children in God's way mm-hmm. um, and to solidify their identity. But So when I took this manuscript to the writer's conference, it was well received. And I had been asking God for direction. Mm -hmm. If this is not, if this is the right path, you let me know, make it clear to me. And so I, um, I think I had at least eight or nine of critique appointments and I did get good feedback. And at that time it was um, the book, the target audience was different. And I think it was message differently. And I got feedback from there, how I can make it better 
and how I can um, write so that it caters to a wider audience. And so I took that feedback from there. And, and the next conference was when this book was rewritten, that the outline was rewritten when it came to fruition in my mind. And um, that's where I met my agent and my editor. And um, like I said, just God opened doors and God connected me with people that I never thought, you know, I would connect with. And every step of the way, he he confirmed to me, like you said, walking by faith, right, is what I've literally experienced in this writing journey, uh, is just taking one step at a time and going where God leads, uh, going down the path that God wants me to. So that's how it all came together. And I, I cannot even believe it that I have <laughs> a book coming out now is just a testimony to how God has been so faithful and so good. That is so amazing. It is. It's miraculous how God opens doors, you know, like yeah. that no man can open. He does put people in our lives and he leads and directs us to the people who are going to be open because he's already prepared them. Yeah. For what you're going to present. And I know when you talk about a book that publishers and agents look for a fresh concept or a fresh approach to something, even something that may have been written about before a million times. But if you have a fresh ap approach and, and thinking about it as being a book concept, well, this was your life and you're sharing, <laughs> you know, what your experience was, but it's such an experience that people can relate to so well, even though, you know, I didn't move from India to the United States, but I can really understand what you're talking about, about being foreign in a place where we really don't belong, you know, that we are really seated in heavenly places and mm -hmm. that we have a purpose here. And so I think that's going to be really encouraging to my listeners because there's so many out there who are struggling right now for trying to find purpose. And I think sometimes we try too hard, you know, we try too hard and we try to create these things on our own, in our own strength. But we have to really um, look to the Lord. And I was just talking to a friend today, Carol, at work, and it's like, you know, you never know what God has around the corner. And it could be in the next hour, in the next day, in the next week, you know, in the next month. Like you were saying, sometimes we have to wait on things, but we never know what he's planning to call us to because so many of us are doing things we never aspired to do. Like if you were told you were going to have this book coming out, you know, like just a few years ago, would you have said, really? <laughs> yeah, no. Some of my friends still cannot believe it. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It's just so miraculous how God does that. And, and before, you know, we get to where you are going to tell us how the listener can connect with you, tell us a little bit also about your, your video podcast, Immigrant Faith Stories, because that's really cool. And I want people to check that out. Thank you. Um, so it's available on YouTube. And um, I interview people who are either first or second generation immigrants or missionaries or refugees, or anyone who works in a cross cultural setting. Mm -hmm. Because I'm interested to see, like me, how their immigrant journey overlapped with their faith journey. How did God uh, reach out to them um, in times of need? Because I know that, you know, moving geographically has a unique set of challenges. Um, you, you're, you're not faced with the same challenges that you face with other problems. Mm -hmm. And so 
I was interested to know how God was, how God ministered to them. And it, it is for anyone, uh, you know, not just immigrants, but it's called immigrant faith stories because it's like a play on words because we are all immigrants and we all have stories. And so these are really just testimonies. Uh, and I hope that people who listen would be encouraged and blessed through their stories. That's great. I love that so much. And it is so cool, too, to think about it, because when you do immigrate from another country, you know, there's so many different cultural changes, too. You know, you have the cultural changes and all of that. But when we're brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter what country we're in, we're all part of the same family. And our countries might have different cultural aspects and all of that. But I love how you're bringing this out and actually bringing us in unity with this message and who we really are. And it's just such a revelation, I'm sure will be to a lot of people who read your book, uh, to really find that roots aren't in a physical place or in dirt or in where you build your house. It's who you have built your life in and who is in us and uh, that is in Christ. So that's really amazing. So I love that Mabel. And can you tell us how the listener can connect with you and if there's any other um, things that you want to share? Yeah. um, If you want to connect with me, you can go to my website, MabelNinen.com. Sign up for my newsletter. I send, send out a newsletter once or twice a month. Uh, with a devotional or with updates about my book and podcasts and other things. Uh, and you can also pre-order the book um, until July 11th because it releases on July 12th. Um, and if you pre-order, you get a, a bunch of pre-order goodies. Um, you get instant digital access to a recipe booklet. Now I created this um I I put together a few family recipes. Um, So they're Indian dishes, Mm -hmm. Indian lentil dishes specifically. And so you can download that immediately. You can also listen to audio prayers and there are two teaching videos. So you get instant access to those. Um, Plus I also have a notepad and bookmark that's uh, specifically made for uh, keeping this theme in mind. And it's made by, rural women in India who are artisans. So they've um, made, they've used eco-friendly traditional methods Mm -hmm. to make these products and which I can mail to you. And of course, only in the US. Uh Uh, So I'm excited that about these uh, pre-order bonuses and to take advantage of them. All you have to do is pre-order the book. And then there's a form on my website and just uh, tell me you've pre-ordered using that form. Give me your email and mailing address and I'll send them over to you. That's amazing. What great values. And I love how the artisan created these wonderful extra special gifts. You know, it's it's just something unique and personal, which I love yeah. that. You know, that's Thank really you. Cool. <laughs> Very yeah. good. And yeah, it's just, it's such an important message. And, and I hope that everyone listening is going to jump on over and get that. I'll have the links in the show notes so they can find your website and check out the pre-order opportunity there and it's so great and then if you listen and you have a women's event or something and you would like Mabel to come speak and share her story because you speak as well right Mabel yes 
Yeah. Yes, I do. Thank you. Yeah. So I think that would be amazing to listen to the story, but it just, it, it's just something that includes all of us. And I love that you have a recipe book there because when you think about it, when we're far from home that we know, when we eat something that's like a, a comforting something from something our grandmother made or, you know, whatever, it, it kind of brings some of that home to us. And it's so biblical to break bread with people and, and have a meal with people and share those kind of things. So that is really cool too. So I love that. Uh, so this has been so great, Mabel. And I just, I hope to have you on again sometime. I would love that. Absolutely. I enjoyed our conversation. And anytime you want me back, you know, I'll be there. Okay, wonderful. Well, I know our listeners will be excited to have you back on. And so thank you so much, friend. Thank you for having me. It was such a blessing to serve your audience and to connect with you. Thank you so much. And God bless you and your ministry and your family. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope that this episode really helped us gain a new perspective on the things in this life that are so hard and heavy and dark. Because friend, this is not our home. But while we're here, we are living on mission. We have a purpose and God has called us to a fierce calling. And I love some of the quotes in the show that I wanted to mention where Mabel said, we are called to engage with culture lovingly so that they see we are different. And she also said, it's important that we see our lives here on earth as a journey with a purpose. Friend, we are on a journey together. We are sojourners here on earth with a purpose and God is with us. So please be encouraged by that today. And don't forget to check out the show notes. I have the links there for how you can connect with Mabel and grab her book. And if you're listening to this before July 12th, you can grab some of her pre-order bonuses, which are amazing. And all those links are in the show notes and the info is there too. And friend, I would love to connect with you too. So don't forget to reach out to me at doraswift.com. I would also love an opportunity to speak at your next women's event. So check that out on my speaker page or at womenspeakers.com. I would love to come and speak to your ladies and give them some encouragement. Also, if you love Fierce Calling, rate and review it where you listen to podcasts because it helps others find the show. And I hope you join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.